Tim and Sue host the European Leaders Advance, which is now year six, seven, six. And to say that is way easier than to do it. And uh, to pioneer a conference of close to 2,000 people bringing in Bill Johnson, Danny Silk, and uh, Chris Vallotton, et cetera, et cetera, has been phenomenal. And, and they, are, they are such a mom and dad in that. And I've served our nation, really, by creating a bridge and a platform for these kind of prophetic apostolic voices to come into our nation and actually help us. This has been a help to us as a church family. Um, they're, they're incredible pioneers. I've known them off, off and on for quite a long time. Uh, and seeing they're always wanting to be there right at the cutting edge of what God's doing. They're also amazing connectors, like it's a supernatural gift. I've never seen anything quite like it. So we're really th thrilled and privileged to get them today. So would you just honor them as Tim comes to speak to us? Come, just give them a good welcome. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. We were actually here a year ago. I think you were in a school last year. And uh, we were just kind of checking you out, make sure you were kosher to come and speak at. <laughs> so, <laughs> you did okay. You passed the test. <laughs> um, I think we worked out the other day, it's 36 years since I first met Andy and Teresa. So, uh, only two. <laughs> it was uh, a long time ago. They'd just done the Bible College in uh, Bradford, and I came the following year to be the administrator of that same college. And uh, I, I recognize so many other faces in here, like Nick and Jan, and I saw Eddie Gallagher somewhere this morning. I haven't seen Eddie for years, so all you guys that originated in Leeds, um, it's wonderful to see you. And if you don't know us, uh, it's wonderful to see you too. Um, uh, Andy's already mentioned the European Leaders Advance, and, and uh, this year's slightly different because it's open to more than just leaders. It's called Heaven Invading Europe, and there's a sense that God wants to save Europe. Um, uh, well, we know he wants to save Europe, but there's a momentum that's been uh, going the last few years. It started with a declaration that Europe shall be saved, and uh, there's this huge coalition of ministries which I've been privileged to be part of. Um, from everything from Catholics to Reform to Pentecostals and everybody in between that's just sensing it's our time and we need to take responsibility. And so even at ELA this year, there's this kind of transition where we've been blessed from these 12 years of input from uh, Bethel and uh, everything that they've carried in kingdom culture and deposited in our nation and our continent. But now there's a recognition that there's maturity coming in the body of Christ in Europe. And uh, we want to recognize that. So we were talking to Bill the other day, Bill Johnson, and just saying it would be really good if you could come and either pray or commission or recognize some of these fathers in Europe that are already running. Sorry? And mothers. And mothers. I was using the word generically, but my wife is telling me off already. So, um, so it's going to be a special year this year, and uh, we envisage people on the stage and just being commissioned and, and sent into the realms that they're already uh, doing. So that's wonderful. Well, if you could turn with me to John 17, and while you're looking that up, I just uh, want to... It's wonderful to be in Glasgow. You know, when I started off in my... Um, not my Christian life, but in my early teens, um, uh, somebody recommended a book um, about the Bible and how the Bible fits together. It's called um, Explore the Book by Sidlow Baxter. It's actually a 
six books put into one. And he was in Glasgow. And my father-in-law uh, sat under his ministry for a number of years in teaching. And uh, that book really helped me to understand the Bible. So if you've never heard it, check it out. I think you can get it online these days. But explore the book, Sidlow Baxter. So it's an honor to be back in Glasgow and to be a, uh, in a place where, where somebody helped shape me and my understanding of the word. Well, this morning I want to talk about the power of community. Turn to the person next to you and say, the power of community. Okay, um, now I'm using the word community in the context of the body of Christ or family. And you know, community is a big deal to Jesus, and so it should be a big deal to us. And we're going to just have a, a quick look in a passage here. Uh, John 17, starting at verse 20. This is Jesus praying, and his prayer is, um, before he's crucified, I do not ask for these only, there's a whole list of things he's asked for, but for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. You know, Jesus' prayer was in the context of community. It wasn't just him and his father. He, he wanted us to be included in that wonderful relationship. And in our salvation and the outworking of our redemption, he puts us in a family. He puts us in a community like, like this one where we're in this morning. He, he wants us to belong in a family. And in fact, we can only really outwork our salvation in the context of community. It's not just me and Jesus, it's me, Jesus, and us. Now, it's easy to do the me and Jesus bit because he's perfect and he's, we can trust him and, and all the rest of it. But when I look out at you, trying not to look at anyone specifically, <laughs> I don't know whether I can trust you and, and I don't know whether you're going to let me down and I don't know whether I'm going to get disappointed. And probably all those things might be true. Because I know I've let people down and I've been a disappointment. But there's no plan B. God's put us in a family. He's put us in community. And he says, I'm waiting for you guys to work it out because we're going we're gonna to spend eternity together. Oh dear. <laughs> Went quiet there. You know, there's very few things that we can take into eternity with us. But relationships are one. And so, you know, this is the practice ground. We're, we're going to have a glorious uh, eternity together, but uh, we're working it out here. And we're, we're actually working it out with imperfect people. And if there was such a thing as a perfect church this side of glory, then we're probably going to spoil it if we turn up. Because we're imperfect, but we're being made one in him and with each other. So redemption takes place in the context of uh, community. And that really is countercultural these days to the culture that we live in. Because the culture we live in is individual. So it's me and I'll do what I want. 
And so more and more the church seems very different from, from the world. And we can come into the church, we can come into the community and bring our individuality with us. And God has made us individuals, but he's also made us to be in community. And it's very easy to just come for a couple of hours on a Sunday morning and, and say, I belong to a church and not have community. But his desire is that we're a, we're a family, that we're working it out with one another. And uh, we're being released into God's community. So it's me, others, and God. But this war is raging between an individualistic view and a community view. And we have to change our mindset, literally repent, change the way we think to understand what, the, what uh, the Father's heart is for us, which is to work out in context of community. And community is a choice. It's a choice. It's sometimes hard. It's sometimes messy. I'm really trying not to look at anyone in particular. It's slow to build community. It's sticky. It's awkward sometimes. But as I've already said, there's no plan B in God's kingdom. And we're becoming one with imperfect people that are being transformed from glory to glory. And uh, we don't bear fruit immediately. And lots of people quit and give up and say, that's too hard. And uh, it's a choice to stay in community. This next year, I'll have been in church community, I've been in different ones, but for 50 years. And I don't need a badge, I'm just saying it's hard work. Some of them have been easier than others. But I'm still committed to community more than I've ever been before. Despite all the things I've gone through, all the setbacks, all the disappointments, the betrayals, the hurts, everything else, I've learned one thing. Having loved, I can't do anything else but love God's people. And because and, that's how God feels. He's not, he's not giving up on us. He might be disappointed from time to time, but he's still saying, come on, you're part of my family. So it can be a hard choice to stay in. Sometimes the benefits take a while before you see them. I remember being in one particular church, and it was probably 15 years before I started to see the benefits of church. That's a long time to work through stuff. And there was a lot of people that left in that time that, that said, this is too hard. This is, this is messy. This is disappointing. And I'm not judging those people, but fast forward 10 years and sometimes I meet some of those people and they've been out of church, out of community, out of, out of family for 10 years or plus. And the, the life has drained from them. They quit thinking it would be easier, but actually in the long run, they've lost. Their kids aren't walking with God. Their marriages are broken. They're almost they're almost worse than if they'd ever known God before because they're just so distant and, and disconnected. So I'm encouraging us to really work hard at community and to stay in there even when it's tough and say, I know the benefits. I know it's God's way that, uh, that this is his plan. This is what he wants to do. And he's redeeming us in a community with God. And, and sometimes, like I say, it's like swimming up, swimming um, 
the wrong way up a river against the, against the flow. But in the end, it's worth it. Just like a salmon will, will swim up the river. Um, there's, there's good news. Eventually, it comes, it comes right. In uh, 1 Peter 5, 5, you don't need to turn there. There's a, an exhortation to stay in community, to work it out with one another. And uh, the familiar bit of that scripture is submit to your elders. We've probably all heard that. But the other half of the verse says submit to one another. We might be okay with elders. Some of us might not be, but we should be. We, we might trust those, but I'm not sure about some of the other people. But we need to learn to start connecting. And sometimes we don't feel connected because we're carrying shame or we don't, we don't know how people would accept us if they knew where we come from or what we've done. But God wants us to be free of all that so that we can be set in a family. He sets the, the lonely in families. And, and there's grace in community. There's grace in community. I, I remember years ago, we went to Disneyland and we did the water parks. Our kids were young. We went with another family and we just had fun on all these tunnels and slides. And, you know, they were, you were going accelerating at great speeds. And uh, the reason that we were going at great speed is because there was water on the slides and the chutes and the rapids. But if you take the water out, you don't move anywhere. You just stick. Well, I did. Just stick in the tube. But it's the, it's the water that gets you flowing. And it's, that's, that's a good picture of grace. And in his church, there's grace together that there isn't on our own. Because he's planned us to be together. So there is a grace when we have these sticky times or, or, the, or the going feels hard. There's a, there's a grace flowing which gets us moving. We don't get stuck like we do when we're on our own. So community is a big deal for, for God. He, he wants us to be in that place. You know, if you put a boat in a dry dock and turn on the engines, it overheats because it's not intended to operate in a dry dock. It's intended to operate in the water. And if you're in dry dock on your own, trying to, trying to walk the Christian life, you're going to overheat because you were built to be in water in his grace, built to operate in a community. And so I, I want to exhort you that community is a big deal to God. And sometimes because of things that have happened before, maybe you've been part of another church, maybe you've been disappointed, maybe you've had a bad experience. I got the badge for all of those. But I'm encouraging this morning, don't be robbed of what God intends just because you've had a bad experience. Don't allow fear to come in and, and disconnect you from community. Perfect love casts out fear. And if you had a bad experience, ask for God to come and reveal his perfect love. That you might experience it, not just know about it here, but experience it in community again. Don't quit. Don't, don't think, well, this is too hard. Say, no, I know the benefits of community outweigh the, the place that I feel in right now. Because he has a desire that intimacy is established in relationships. We, we talk about intimacy with him, but he wants intimacy with each other as well. Now, it may, it may be that I'm not going to be intimate with everybody or vulnerable and open and, and every single person here. But I need to find my, my people, my, the, the people that I can be honest and 
accountable and, and championed with and, and open and honest and, and allow people to see in me what's going on. Not put walls up, but to just say, look, this is what's going on in my life. I don't have to fear my brothers and sisters. I want to give them access to my life because I want to be fruitful and I want to benefit. I want all the benefits that, that he's intended for me to have. And so I can't allow myself to just brick myself off in a, in a walled tower because it's too hurtful if I talk to you. And, uh, you know, I'll go in my turret and hide and sulk and I'll, I'll appear for two hours on a Sunday. That's not how he intends us to live. When I'm vulnerable, others can add strength to me. They can add their strength to my life. When I fear... I'm going to run away and hide. And what's going on in the inside of me can't be helped because I'm just isolated and, and withdrawn from community. And so he wants us to have this place of exchange where we allow influence of one another into our lives. In John 15, 14, it says, Friends, if I do what I command you, and then it says in verse 12, love one another. And a few verses later in 17, it says, love one another. This is what he wants for us, to be in a place of love. And you know, that's not just a nice gooey word. Uh, love is tough sometimes. It, it means working things out with one another. Keeping short accounts, bringing things into the light. Having brave communication. Saying how this has affected me. Not accusing someone, but saying... You know, when you did this, this is how I felt. And I need to understand better what you mean. And when we keep those lines of communication open, that the community benefits. We don't get pockets of resistance, but we, we get that flow like the water through the, the tunnel. It'd be awful to be on the rapids and there's a blockage because there's no water and everybody's backing up. We want that free flow in the community. And uh, we, want, we want to let those walls down. Matthew 5, 23, Jesus says in the context of communion, breaking bread, um, be reconciled with your brother before you bring the gift to me. See, he's not interested in us coming and praising him and wondering when we've got bitterness and stuff in our heart, unforgiveness towards one another. He said, well, go and sort that stuff out first. I'm not going to listen to you until, until you do that. Years ago, long, long time ago, I got offended. A leader said something which was untrue about me. It's hard to believe, isn't it? A leader in our church, he misunderstood something, and, and he landed up saying pu something publicly about me to the church, which was very hurtful and actually untrue. And... Uh, my respect for this elder just disappeared. And, and I didn't realize straight away, but I, I realized I was becoming bitter towards this person. And one day I was praying, and it literally felt my, my prayers were bouncing off a, a brass ceiling. And I said, God, why aren't you listening to me? And he said, you have something against your brother. And I saw the face of this elder, and he says, I want you to go and apologize to him. I said, he needs to come and apologize to me. Don't you know what he did? He said, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not 
entertaining that. I want you to take responsibility for you, not for what he's done. And I made an appointment, and I went and saw this leader, and I just, it just blurted out, and I just said, look, I've taken offense, and I want to ask for your forgiveness. And he never did apologize for what he'd done, but I felt free. And I was, I was not shackled anymore. My prayers were answered. And he prophesied over me. And I began to see him differently. But he never apologized. But that's between him and God. I wanted to be free. Gosh, it's getting quieter in here. <laughs> I'm not paid by the elders to say any of this, by the way. <laughs> he doesn't want us to build walls with one another. So I'm going to give you a, a few benefits in the time that we've got remaining. I've lost track of time. Here we are. We'll go, okay. In the, in the time that we've got left, I want to just give you some benefits of community. The first one is strength comes through community. Strength comes through community. In Proverbs 13, 20, it says, He who walks with wise men will be wise. Who wants wisdom in here this morning? You want to walk with wise people. It's not in isolation, but there's, there's a ton of wisdom in this room this morning. I'm looking at it. I can feel it. You know, if, if and, and we've done this, so I can be honest, but if my marriage is in not a good place with my wife and we're struggling, you know, I don't want to just struggle through and hope for the best. I need the strength of community to make my marriage stronger. So I need to go to people that have got good marriages and say, we need help. Not wait till crisis, but like, I really see that the way that you love your wife is, is speaking to me or the way that you do your, your life together. Can you help me? Or can you come in and help us? And we've done that in the, in the past because my best is not enough. But the best of community means that I get the benefits of all the strong marriages in my marriage. Or maybe you're in debt and you don't know how to get out of it. Or, or you don't know how to manage money or steward it well. I need to find the people in community that are really good at that. To help me so I don't make the same mistake over and over again. Because I can get a gift. But if I haven't fundamentally learned how to steward what I've got then I'm going to be back in the same situation in a week's time. So I need the strength of community. I need those people. Or if it's parenting, or how to buy a house, or how to, how to interview for a job. You know, there's a ton of wisdom in this community. And I don't need to be individual to just find it out myself. I need your help. I need your strength. You know, we went to a funeral recently, and the person that had died was 106 years old. That's a pretty good innings, yeah? In fact, the first house group that Sue and I ever led 30 years ago, this person was in. They were at their mid-70s then. They were the oldest person then. But here they are, 30 years later, 106. And uh, the leader of that church that used to be our leader was doing a bit in this funeral. And he said, on her 90th birthday... He thought, I better ask for some advice. She, she wasn't given it. He just thought, well, anybody that's lived to 90 must have some wisdom. So what should I do as I get older? And she said, and no one had ever asked her this before, 
but it was a wealth of wisdom. She said, every decade, the start of every decade, like my 70s, my 80s, my 90s, 100, um, I asked God what it is that I need to do to simplify my life. What is it that I need to give up for my emotional well-being and, and to recognize my age? And, and what is it? It might be giving up driving or it might be, you know, I can't do this anymore. But, but here's something else I can do. And, and his life changed because of that piece of wisdom and advice. Yeah, we need people like that. You may not have somebody 106 in here, but you're, you've got some older people that have got some life experience that we can benefit from. So strength comes through community, not relying on our own experience or wisdom or expertise, but others that will help us be successful in life. We can draw upon those people around us for wisdom and experience. But it, uh, it means that we have to let the walls down. We have to be vulnerable and we have to ask for help. You know, there's people in here that love praying. Go and ask them to pray for you. Ask them to cover you in prayer for what you're doing. Maybe you've got a really stressful job. Anybody in the NHS here? Yeah, you're having a tough time right now. You need prayer cover. You don't just want to do a job nine to five or whatever hours it is that you do. You want prayer cover so that your, your day is supernaturally filled. That God's giving you wisdom and insight and answers to prayer. There's authority and strength when someone prays for you. It's not just me dodging the fiery darts every day. But I've got a prayer cover. Because there's people that say, I'll commit to pray for you. You're having a tough time right now. We'll pray for you. Second one. That was the first one. Strength comes through community. Second one is safety. There's safety in community. Proverbs 11, uh, 14 says, With Without wise leadership, a nation falls. But there's safety in having many advisors. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. You've got many people with advice in here that can help you succeed. Proverbs 24.6, there's a waging war going on inside of us. And we need guidance and victory. And it comes through many advisors. So there's safety in community. You know, I've discovered that we're all really pretty good at hearing God. And if you aren't, we'll pray for you. It's, it's not difficult to hear God. He speaks. Sometimes audibly, but just he speaks to us. Um, it's not difficult to hear God, but it, we're pretty lousy at timing. I remember, I remember a prophetic pe person coming to our church years ago and they prophesied this amazing prophecy over, over an 18-year-old lad in our church. And this, this prophet, she said, you're going to be an apostle to the nations. And the next day he quit his job. And I said, oh, <laughs> prophecy, prophecy is speaking at the end of a process. You're going to enter a process. <laughs> it doesn't mean today. But he needed wisdom as to how to apply that word that had come into his life. The word is true. I'm sure it's true. I don't know where he is now. But it, it resonated with truth. But he needed wisdom how to apply it. And to understand that there was a process before that happened. 
and, and we need the counsel of one another around us to really give wisdom about timing. As a mature student in the mid-90s, I, I had this, all I can say is like vocational call to go to university. We got a young family and uh, I was the breadwinner and I really felt God say I should go and do this particular course. And it was a big commitment and it was a big change to our lifestyle. And I went to see the elders of our church and I said, this is what I'm feeling, but I really would value your input. And we talked it through, we dialogued it, and we, we discussed what might happen at the end of the, the course. And, and their wisdom was defer for a year, just wait for a year and see if the, if the feelings are still as strong. And they were. And, and their blessing was was such a blessing to me and to Sue, knowing that they were with us. And knowing that we had a young family, they supported us financially through that period. I'm not saying everybody will get that, but that's a benefit of community, having the wisdom of someone helping us with a word that we heard, but the timing was out. And decisions outside of community are unsafe for us. So how do, we, how do we do this? Well, we ask lots of questions. If you've got a toddler, you'll know they ask questions all the time. We've just been with some little toddlers, and it's like all the time they're asking something. And we're, we're kind of a bit out of practice because we're between our own kids and grand, being grandparents. So it's like, oh, tiring. But, you know, kids ask questions. That's how they learn. So why is it when we get to adult? hood we stop asking questions it's like this pride comes on us oh I can't ask a question but we need to ask we need to invite people into our life to get advice to get wisdom and uh, to to be humble childlike he's he's speaking about humility I don't know everything so I need to I need to get some help number three God speaks through community hello (laughs) sometimes it feels like God's silent in our world. He's not speaking. And he doesn't speak to you like you've been used to. But he speaks through people. He speaks through other people. And sometimes he will withdraw his voice directly to you because he wants you to go to somebody else in community to hear what he's saying. It takes humility to do that. It's interesting to me that five of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit are through people. Wisdom, knowledge, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. It's people. If he just wanted to talk to us direct, you know, just my own beam with a connection to heaven, I wouldn't need any of those other gifts. But he's given the gifts to the body so that we can hear through other people. And you know the amazing thing? Sometimes imperfectly through other people. Oh, but Jesus, you're just so perfect. I want to hear you. I want to hear you. And he says, no, go and listen to Fred over there. Oh, not Fred. What, what does he know? And God's silent until we humble ourselves and go and ask the one that he's telling to. Because he wants oneness with his body. And so he will deliberately withdraw sometimes, not, not away from us, but but answering our questions because he, he says that wisdom is already in your body. It's already in your midst. And so we need to pay attention. Sometimes it's through kids. Ever, any, anybody ever had that experience when you hear the word of the Lord through a child? 
you feel pretty humbled. They just come out with it and you think, wow. Sometimes we can hear God with people in the wrong way, with the wrong attitude, but we can still hear what he's saying to us. It's an imperfect package. It might be wrapped around with a fence, but there's a kernel of truth in there that God wants us to hear. Better if it comes with a good attitude. But sometimes he will allow us to hear through someone that we wouldn't choose to hear from. You know, in Luke 7, 23, it says, there's blessing on the other side of a fence. There's blessing on the other side. And we stumble over a fence and miss what God's trying to say to us through that person. And we could be offended when Jesus speaks to us in community rather than individually. Because he doesn't want us just to be an individual. He wants us to be a brother or a sister to somebody else. I've got to move quickly because time's going. I'm just going to give you the heading of the next one. You can fill in the blanks yourself. There's encouragement through community. And if you withdraw yourself from community, you're going to miss that encouragement. And some people don't realize that until they've gone. How much encouragement there is. Number five, ministry is birthed in community. Ministry is birthed in community. In Acts 13, we see that Paul was sent when the gift was recognized in him from the community around him. It wasn't that he went, he was sent. And ministry in life, we need to have covering from the community that they need to recognize what's happening. That we're not lone rangers just doing our own thing. Because that's unsafe. And that's scary. And there's no authority in that. But it's birthed out of community. There's an anointing on community that recognizes when it's time to send. And ministry starts at home. Hello. <laughs> it's getting quieter and quieter in here. I, I might only ever be here once. I can say what I like. <laughs> a prophet is without honor in his own town, Jesus said. Prophets seldom receive honor at home. That's why all ministry is to start at home. Then the applause of men is not your foundation. He puts us in community to work stuff out. The great apostle Paul was in Antioch. And if you read Acts, it says Barnabas, who took him and encouraged him, took him, took him to disciple him. It says Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul. And then it switches round and it says Paul and Barnabas. But Paul would never have been first and never this greater gift if it hadn't been for the Barnabas encouraging him and, and instructing him and, and giving him opportunity in Antioch, the local church. Lots of people want to go and do their stuff, but they've never worked it out in community. That's scary to me. I don't want to hear people like that. Number six, there's some massive roadblocks to community. And one of them is a resistance to feedback. This, this is getting more uncomfortable as we go on, isn't it? <laughs> are we out of time? <laughs> Some people are praying that, I can see. <laughs> Massive roadblock to community, a resistance to feedback, or my inability to have feedback. Proverbs calls you stupid 
sorry, I'm just being blunt, message Bible, calls you stupid if you don't welcome feedback into your life. I remember saying to Danny Silk one day, Danny, you do know that you can give me feedback, can't you? He goes, yeah, I know. I said, but I want some feedback. You know, give me some feedback. So the next day we're having lunch and he starts to give me feedback. And I'm thinking, ouch, ooh, ooh, I don't think I like this feedback. That wasn't what I meant. <laughs> but I'm so grateful that he did. Because we need to see from a different perspective. We have blind spots we don't see as, as the community sees around us. And, and our culture, our British culture, is, is alien to feedback. It's like, why are, you t- why are you telling me this? Who do you think you are? And then on top of that, we have our church culture, which is, oh, that's not very loving, is it? That's not very honoring. But it's actually both of those things, love and honor, to give us feedback. But why wait till somebody comes to us? Why not go to them and say, I need some feedback? How did I do this morning? How did I come across? Don't all come to me at the end, please. (laughs) Might not get home. Paul gives Peter feedback in Galatians. And wise men are open to feedback. I mean mankind, not just men. Don't be embarrassed to allow people in your life. You know, we need to to overcome our pride and our embarrassment. And let people in where our life is messy and it needs adjustment. I've already said about marriage or debt or finance or maybe you're depressed and you need some help. Don't disconnect from community because you feel that you're failing somehow. Don't let pride rob you of that disconnection or that connection. Don't make it up on your own. Encourage the wise to have input into your life. There's tons of opportunities for success from a wise community. Number seven, this isn't a benefit, but it's, a, it's, it's what can happen. A, a spirit of independence uh, kills connection. And it, we land up in isolation. And as Danny Silk would say, how's that working out for you? We need to really, really get serious and declare war against independence and disconnection. Because there's a whole world out there. You say, well, this is a lot of navel-gazing, Tim. There's a whole world out there that's going to come into the body of Christ. And if we're not dealing with our orphan behavior, why would they stay here? Why would they want to come in here? But if you, but if you, if you preach Sue's message now. But if you come into a culture where it's normal to give feedback, it's normal to just to talk into one another's lives, and there's permission given, then we have this wonderful flow of grace working. No blockages. Everything's happening as it should do. Romans 12 verse 18. I'm coming to a close. It says. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, that's us, live at peace with everyone. Peace does not mean peace faking. Like, how are you doing? How are you doing, Sue? I'm doing fine. Whereas really she's saying, I didn't like that and I didn't like this and you upset me. And That's peace faking. 
You know, sometimes, sometimes we make up stories in our head as well, like, Andy doesn't like me. He blanked me this morning, and I don't know what, what I've done to upset him. And, you know, by the time it gets to the end of the meeting, he's the devil incarnate because, <laughs> sorry, because this story has gone on in my mind. And all I need to do is, Andy, are we okay? And he says, yeah, why not? Or, well, actually, there's something I need to talk to you about. Let's, let's live open with one another. Let's be brave. There's a new book coming out this year by a guy called Dan Farrelly at Bethel on brave communication skills. I, I don't think it's called brave communication, but when that book comes out, get it. You know, get on Amazon, Google Dan Farrelly. It's his first book, and he's a genius on how to do brave communication, the skills that you need um, to do that. And it's like a toolbox. So look out for that this year. Okay, we're going to land I could go on, but I, I think you've got the point. There's power in community. There's benefits in community. There's strength and safety. And God's desire is that we work it out one together. Why don't we just stand? And I just want to pray for you before I end. I've overrun, so I think I have. Are we all right? Okay, we're all right. Okay, I've got time to pray. Okay. There's... I don't want to embarrass every, anybody, so I want everybody to just close their eyes and then you're not seeing anybody else. And, and I just, I want to, the first group I just want to pray for is anybody that's been hurt in community. No one's looking at you, but it may be a different community that you're part of, another church or uh, a group or something, and, and you've been hurt by that group. And so that's tarnished your understanding of community. And so it's like, I'm never going to let that happen to me again. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up. No one else is looking. I just want to pray for you that we set you free from that fear because perfect love casts out fear. And this morning, the Holy Spirit wants you to know that he loves you perfectly and he entrusts you with his body. I can't promise that you'll never get hurt again, but I love what Mother Teresa said is, having loved Till I'm exhausted, there's no other choice but to keep loving. And the very part that we love with in our inner being is also the part that we can get hurt by. But you know, there's no other choice but to trust our daddy. And he puts us in families. You can put your hands down. So Father, I just pray for these people that you might break off fear and hurt and offense that you set them free to be in your community as you intended to outwork our salvation with one another, that they might begin to experience a level of community here in hope like they've never done before. Thank you, Jesus. And then everybody else, you don't have to put your hands up. I'm praying that in 2018, you experience a deeper level of community than you've ever done before. That it's not superficial or going through the motions, but you find real connections. That you seek one another out. That you welcome feedback and you ask for advice. And you say, I need your strength in my life. And it's not all at the elders' feet because they're going to be booked up for 52 weeks otherwise, but one another. Submit to one another. And then... 
if I ever get the opportunity to come back, I'm going to see the greatest community in Scotland because you're going to be running with something that's in God's heart. Thank you so much. Bless you.